Money FM 89.3, best of prime time. You're listening to Prime Time on Money FM 89.3. Now, nearly 80 million Americans are still not vaccinated, but U.S. President Joe Biden has announced plans to see these numbers decrease. Well, joining us on the line to give us his analysis on the U.S. COVID vaccine mandates and vaccine diplomacy measures, Eugene Tan, Associate Professor of Law at Singapore Management University. Thanks for joining us this evening, uh, Eugene. So, in his most uh, aggressive efforts so far to get the pandemic in the U.S. under control. President Joe Biden mandated uh, tens of millions of American workers to get vaccinated. Can you share more details about this multi-pronged approach? I certainly can, Tim. Um, you know, so, Tim, uh, Rachel, thanks for having me. Um, I think when you look at uh, President Joe Biden's uh, vaccine mandate, uh, it's really aggressive. Uh, I, I think it stems from, you know, the, the, the frustration um, that comes from uh, vaccine hesitancy among the people. Um, so what the, the, the mandate, you know, that Biden has, has put forth, uh, you know, one is, you know, to have uh, two-thirds of American workers, uh, including healthcare workers, uh, as well as federal employees, right? So these are government employees, uh, to be vaccinated. Um, and the other key prong um, essentially is about private companies, you know, with more than 100 employees, uh, they would have to get their staff vaccinated. Uh, if not, then the staff will have to be subject to regular testing for the, for the coronavirus at least uh, once a week. Um, and, and I think that's where, you know, the, the effort is, you know, as, as you pointed out earlier, Tim, you know, to try to get um, you know, 80 million Americans who, who are eligible but have, but have not been vaccinated, you know, to get that numbers down, you know, very quickly. Um, you know, to, to, I think in the end, it's all about the economy, right? Trying to get the economy to reopen uh, as much as they can uh, in as quick a time as possible. So let's talk about uh, which sectors vaccines are mandatory in with no testing options at this point. Essentially, we, we are looking at if a staff is vaccinated. Uh, so whether you're talking about a private sector employee or a federal employee, uh, mm-hmm. at this point in time, you know, if they're vaccinated, they're not subject to testing. You know, but, but once the mandate comes into force, um, you know, then for the federal employees, for example, they have to be vaccinated. Um, for the private sector employees, um, you know, they, they either have to, if they're not vaccinated, um, then you know, they will have to um, be subject to, to regular testing. So, so uh, Eugene, let, let's take, um, we were talking about this last week on the show, the case of United Airlines. Uh, very early on, uh, when the vaccinations were made available, they did say that new applicants will have to be vaccinated. Further down the road, when it was approved by Pfizer, uh, by the FDA, they then mandated every employee should be vaccinated. And that saw the number of those who are unvaccinated getting vaccinated go up by half. Do you think this kind of uh, model works when, when, when employment uh, and your livelihood is at stake? Or do you think people will just go and work somewhere else where a vaccine may not be required, like a smaller yeah. company. Yeah, I just want to follow on from Tim's point as well. There was an article that I picked up in The Guardian earlier today, and it spoke about New York Hospital um, is going to stop delivering babies as staff quit over vaccine rules. 
No, I, I think certainly, you know, when it comes to the crunch, um, you know, some, uh, some people's uh, vaccine hesitancy might uh, waver, um, you know, because the, the, the importance of uh, putting food on the table, you know, paying the bills, uh, very often, you know, would compel uh, some of these workers to, to say, um, you know, particularly if their objections are not very significant, you know, such as, for example, religious grounds, um, you know, that mm-hmm. they would then go and get themselves uh, vaccinated. You know? so, so actually, when you look at the, the Biden mandate, um, you know, I think in many ways it, it, is, it is being helped by the fact that you know, many, many employers in the private sector are requiring you know, their, their employees to be vaccinated, right? So, so we have heard of many banks, investment banks in America and all, don't show up you know, if, if you're not vaccinated. You know, we, we can't let you take on certain work. Uh, and I think that in itself, you know, gets people thinking, um, you know, whether, uh, you know, they're not being vaccinated, you know, it, it's something that they, that, that they can live with. And, and I suppose if they can live with, you know, then uh, they'll say, well, you know, uh, let me go and look for another, another job, you know, that doesn't require uh, me to be vaccinated. Uh, but otherwise, you know, I, I think uh, many people would be forced, you know, to, to, to choose uh, between their jobs and, and, and being vaccinated. Mm, such is the case with these nurses in that New York hospital. We're speaking with Eugene Tan, Associate Professor of Law at Singapore Management University. Now, Eugene, the U.S. has also donated 140 million vaccine doses to other countries, and President Biden is set to announce his next steps to boost the global vaccine supply before this year's U.N. General Assembly begins. What's your analysis on the U.S.'s uh, COVID vaccine diplomacy so far? I think, you know, it, it is an important part of, um, you know, the, the, the diplomacy that, that, that is taking place. Uh, you know, particularly, um, you know, for example, when, when Vice President Kamala Harris was in Singapore, you know, so, so she made a, a speech and, and, and mentioned that um, at the end of August, you know, 110 million doses have been shipped worldwide. Uh, more than 23 million of those doses, you know, uh, were earmarked for, uh, for Southeast Asia. Um, and in a way, they are trying to, to play catch-up. Um, you know, they, mm. they, they were slow off the mark compared with China's uh, vaccine diplomacy, I think easily by, by half a year. Um, but I think, you know, they have always prided themselves, you know, that, that their vaccine uh, donations uh, come with no strings attached. Uh, but I think whether there are strings or whether there are strings attached or not, uh, the ultimate objective of of this vaccine diplomacy really is to advance bilateral relations. Uh, and when you think about it, you know, there is no better time uh, than during a pandemic, um, you know, to show that, you know, you are a friend. Um, and, and, and so I think that the, the challenge for, for, for both the US as well as China or any country that seeks to engage in vaccine diplomacy really is living to, to those pledges, right? How do you ensure that you do de- you do deliver on your pledge, you know, in terms of, of the quantity, in terms of timely delivery, and also the effectiveness of those vaccines. Um, you know, so, it, so it's, it's, it's quite easy to make a pledge, um, you know, but carrying it out in a way that, that, that leaves a strong and favorable impression, uh, I think that that's really the challenge. And of course, you know, subtle in all this vaccine diplomacy is really, the, you know, in a way I would describe as vaccine rivalry. Right, both superpowers in a way trying to show mm. what are their capabilities and capacities. But let me pick up on that vaccine rivalry and vaccine diplomacy and, 
and China getting off uh, on the vaccine diplomacy front very early on uh, once they developed the vaccine uh, late last year. There are countries now, so the EU um, has recommended that Sinovac and Sinopharm vaccines are also to be recognized, but not all countries are recognizing this for travelers. The same thing in North America, Canada hasn't recognized uh, this as well. Where do you see this moving forward? Do you see this as something that they will be using to leverage on other, um, other matters? I wouldn't be surprised, Tim, you know, if, if some countries were to, were to go deeper into this vaccine uh, rivalry. Um, I think in the end, it is important for countries, you know, which, which do not recognize, let's say, a particular vaccine, um, you know, to be able to, to explain, you know, why they are not recognizing it. Uh, but I think so long as, you know, the WHO, um, you know, places it on, on, on its list of, uh, of vaccines, you know, for emergency use during the pandemic, um, you know, then I think it becomes, in a way, a sharp edge of the knife. Um, you know, the idea is to use that to, um, you know, to engage in, in geopolitics, uh, you know, in, in, in other ways. Um, but, but I think you have you put your finger right. on, on what is an important issue uh, for the General Assembly meetings. You know, how, how can we go about ensuring, you know, that, that re- never mind the different types of vaccines, um, how can we ensure that, you know, that there would be that mutual recognition, you know, so long as certain essential criteria are met, you know, for example, in terms of effectiveness and all certain, certain baseline. Um, otherwise, you know, we're, we're going to see countries really engaging and, in, in, in a vaccine war, um, mm. which will cripple efforts, you know, to, to reopen the global economy, uh, you know, to, to try to get things back, uh, you know, as quickly as possible, uh, you know, and, and get us going in, you know, into the post-COVID normal. Now, Eugene, before we went live, we were talking about vaccine booster shots Um, and a group of leading U.S. and international scientists have concluded that COVID-19 vaccine booster shots are not needed at this time for the general public in the U.S. What are your thoughts on that and um, how might this data impact uh, U.S. President Joe Biden's booster shot plan? So, so that that Lancet report, I think, is is important, um, you know, because I think it would reduce, uh, you know, some countries' concerns, you know, about whether uh, they should start to plan, you know, for for booster shots. Um, but but in terms of the U.S., uh, you know, given that the Biden administration has really announced, you know, the the the, the booster shot program, uh, I really doubt that, um, you know, the the report in in the Lancet in, in the Lancet is going to really change. Um, you know, Biden's plans in any significant way. Um, you know, particularly when you're looking at uh, a complete reversal, I think that that will not, um, you know, inspire confidence. And, and, and in many ways, like Singapore, I think that there is the concern about the elderly and, and those who are severely mm-hmm. immunocompromised. You know? And so the idea is, you know, how can we uh, boost their immunity? Um, but regardless of, you know, whether they follow the scientific uh, uh, advisory or not, I think the rollout will have difficulties, right? Simply because one, you know, uh, there will the White House needs to obtain uh, regulatory approvals from from the Food and Drug Administration. Um, you know, it, it may not be the case that uh, all vaccines, uh, you know, uh, types of vaccines will need booster shots. Um, you know, and then they will have to determine, you know, who who, who is eligible, or are you going to just require everyone, you know, you know, uh, to, to 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 get a third shot? And then there there will be the logistics. You know, how do you you know, to again, you know, to, to roll out 
300 million doses, you know, across, you know, the, 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 uh, the whole of America, you know. So, so there are these challenges as well, you know, that, that, that will uh, in, in many ways slow down, uh, you know, the implementation of uh, the Biden administration's plans, you know, to, to, to administer a, a third shot. I just want to add to uh, what Eugene is saying uh, on the latest front on this booster shot that I read about from uh, the the Turkish-German couple who created the BioNTech vaccine. Mm. So Dr. Uh, Ozlan Taruci, the, the wife, uh, said that a third booster shot is, uh, it really depends on the aim of um, what the countries or what, what uh, the, the aim of the countries are doing, if it's whether to hold back on getting more people infected, then you need a booster shot. But if your aim is getting people who might catch the COVID virus, but not uh, develop serious illnesses, then you might not need a booster shot so soon. So that's pretty much what she's uh, saying about the vaccines that they have and the efficacy of, of it. Yeah, I think essentially underlining the fact that, you know, two shots are enough, uh, let's say if, if you're on uh, uh, Pfizer-BioNTech, uh, um, you know, but the challenge is always, you know, governments want to uh, ensure that that they have done all that they they, they could. Um, mm-hmm. And if you have other countries rolling out third shots, uh, and if let's say you know you have a country where uh, the COVID situation deteriorates, you know, then uh, because you know people could attribute to the fact that oh, you know, maybe we should have we should have gone for a third shot. Um, you know, so 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 the, the, there are all these uh, complexities, um, you know, which 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 doesn't help, you know, the whole question of the availability of vaccines, you know, to many other parts of the world, um, you know, some mm-hmm. where you know you you have poorer countries, you know, which still don't even have enough, you know, for one dose, you know, across the entire population. Um, so so there are these big issues now, um, you know, and 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 the divide between the half and the half nots is quite. Uh, stock, uh, you know, in, in these emergency times. Okay, Eugene. Well, thank you so much for sharing all of those uh, insights with us today. We've been speaking with Eugene Tan, Associate Professor of Law at Singapore Management University. You're listening to Money FM 89.3. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.